Have you guys ever thought if it's possible that if you could rewrite your copy, then maybe you could grow your business by six, seven, or even eight figures? Well, I've been searching for someone to help me uh, answer this, and uh, there's a guy by the name of Dennis Demore. He's the special guest on today's show, and I'm excited to learn more about what he's doing. He's a direct response copywriter, and uh, I've been literally looking high and low for people like this, and I'm thrilled to have him on the show today. He's taking some time out of his busy schedule uh, to share more about copywriting and what you guys can be doing in your own copywriting uh, to improve and maybe even step up into that six, seven, or eight figures. Dennis, are you ready to shed some light uh, on this much-needed subject? Absolutely, and thanks for the intro. That's a great intro, Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to Conversion Marketing Radio, uncovering the secrets of how to convert your dream clients into paying customers. If you're here to learn about maximizing conversions for your business without wasting money on vanity results, consider subscribing to this podcast. And now, here's your host, Ben Wilson. Welcome back, guys, to Conversion Marketing Radio. So as I was saying in the, uh, in the beginning, Dennis DeMori, uh, his current job, he's self-employed as a marketing consultant. Uh, there's DennisDemori.com if you uh, are a little bit interested. He says he doesn't necessarily use his website, but he's got some good stuff out there. He's got this three-step process for growing a business uh, to six, seven, or eight figures. Uh, and you know what? I've been patiently waiting to learn more about this because it looks uh, just from the copy on the page looks amazing. Uh, he specializes in direct response copywriting for online businesses. And one of the qualities that I, I know uh, that I've seen from Dennis is that he's always dropping these value bombs of information in groups that he's in. Uh, this is how I found Dennis is uh, he's constantly adding value to these groups. And uh, with ever, or without ever this like self-promotion, which means that it's selfless, it's a selfless act and it's amazing to find people just like Dennis. So uh, from that intro, Dennis, give us a little bit of a, a glimpse into your personal life and take a minute to fill in the gaps from that intro. Well, you did a really good job of summarizing uh, what I've been doing, what I do for my clients. But I'll build that, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on one of those points and flesh that out a little bit since you talked a little bit about my, uh, my approach to content marketing. And I, I do try to drop really good well thought out value post and I, I get that from Tim Ferriss because I heard an interview that or a podcast episode he did a while back and he was talking about finding those gaps in the marketplace where other people don't go and what he found is that there is a lot of short form content on the internet but not too much long form so if you look at his blog posts and if you look at his books and uh, also, his podcast, everything's long. So these are really long, in-depth posts. Books are like 600 pages. His podcast interviews are usually like two, two and a half hours long. And they fill a void where people have kind of been conditioned by the internet to consume short-form content. But there are people out there who are looking for content that's a little more in-depth, a little more thoughtful. So that's been my approach, uh, which is I, why I don't post that often um, when I am creating content, at least on Facebook. Uh, I, I do do these longer, um, longer posts that uh, are going to get a certain type of reader or prospect. Uh, so that is going to turn some people off because some people just want the sound bites and, and the memes, but I'm looking for uh, 
smart prospects and clients and readers who appreciate uh, content that's a little bit more in-depth. And what I'm really trying to do is just make them think, try to show them uh, a different way of thinking, uh, a different way of uh, thinking about their business or their marketing. And so far, I've had a good response to that. Man, that is good. It's a it's a different take, you know. Uh, there's there's two types of copywriters. I remember uh, who was the Dan Kennedy. He was a long form copywriter, and so many people attribute Dan Kennedy as like one of the greats, you know. Uh, and I've read some of his stuff, and it really is captivating. Like if you go through and you actually start reading it, it's it's amazing how much of a conversion that happens along the way, like each step and each question that you might have, um, there's an answer to it. There's a solution, right? There's a problem that's proposed, but there's also a way of how you can get unstuck from this uh, problem, but only because it's in long form. It's like a, it's a, it's a story that's being told. And I noticed in your posts, they are long. <laughs> they're, they're definitely not <laughs> the short ones, you know? Um, and uh, it's not light reading. It's something that says, okay, is this, if there's, if there's enough of a, a captive audience for the first sentence, right? It's going to go to the second sentence and the third sentence and the fourth sentence. But once you've gone like, I don't know, 10 sentences in or, or 10 lines down, you're committed, right? You're like, I'm, well, I'm, you've proposed enough of a, of a concern or problem that I'm looking for the solution now because you've proposed something that I, I got to find the answer now. And, uh, it's good. It really is good stuff. So take me through this expertise of yours. Like, how did you get started and, uh, and how do you come up with this content? Sure. Well, okay, to answer your first question, like a lot of people, I just fell into copywriting. I had been a marketer for about five years. I'd worked in advertising. I'd worked with Fortune 500 companies all the way down to, I shouldn't say down to, but um, I'd worked with a mix of companies like Fortune 500, nonprofits, um, smaller local businesses. So that was how I really got my feet wet with marketing. And after doing that for a while, I got kind of burnt out and was looking for something to do on my own. So I did try web design uh, for a little bit, but that didn't go anywhere because it's just not a good uh, match for my skill sets. And it was after about a year in that I found out about copywriting. And as, as soon as I heard about copywriting, I felt like it was just a perfect match for my interest in psychology and human behavior, along with my kind of natural skill with writing, uh, which isn't to say that I was awesome from the get-go. It takes time and practice, but I think we all have certain skills or talents that are more, uh, more natural to us. So that's what kind of got me into, into copywriting in the first place. And uh, going on from there, as far as my approach to writing goes, it's important to look at what your target audience is interested in, right? Because you're always looking to create content that's relevant. If, it, if I'm writing about things that, have, that, that people just have no interest in, in, it's not going to go anywhere. So, for example, knowing my audience and thinking about books they read, movies they watch, uh, marketers they follow, and so on. Uh, I wrote one post that was very popular that I think was called The 48 Laws of Facebook uh, for, uh, for content marketers or, or for creating content, something like that. I forget the exact name. But what I did was I combined two separate 
interest that I knew my target was interested in. So everyone's into the 48 Laws of Power book. It's real popular within my target audience. And at the same time, a lot of marketers are trying to create good, <clears throat> relevant content on their Facebook profiles or in Facebook groups, but they're struggling with it. It's a problem, right? So what I did was I combined those two things. It was, it was 48 tips on how to uh, succeed on Facebook, how to create content, and how to use your content to generate clients uh, and improve your lead gen. At, but it was tied in with the 48 laws theme. So it, even like the language was written in that style, in the style of the book, and the post really popped. It, it really blew up and people loved it because right away, you know, from the headline down through the entire post, and that was a long post, which took me probably about 90 minutes to write, so it didn't take that long, but it was a long post, and because it was so relevant to my audience, it got tons of engagement. So the, the lesson there with, with that post or anything else I write is that it needs to be super or, or hyper relevant to your audience. Uh, the posts that don't do that well tend to be kind of more general, where it's kind of like, oh, they can, they can be speaking to anyone. But when I'm writing, I'm trying to write to one person. So uh, it's a very tight, specific, focused post so that when they see it, they're like, oh, yeah, this is just for me. And, and that's a good lesson for marketing in general uh, for your customers or clients. And I've advised my clients the same thing is that you want people to read it and say, uh, that's just for me, right? This was created just for me in mind. And it, it, that way it really makes that connection. Man, you are a beast. <laughs> How, okay, help me understand this. Every time I'm writing content, it takes like a week if if i'm lucky right like it seems like i'm constantly trying to come back and like you know i'm re re-looking at this uh at the copy and making sure like i'm hitting certain points um how long or uh, what is what are some ways that you did to speed up writing your copy um because 90 minutes to write a post dude i it takes like 90 minutes to write a tweet like <laughs> It's, yeah. it's a lot of time that feels like I got to go into a certain mindset. And obviously it's with your skill set, but uh, were there ways that you started looking at this and, and figuring out how to improve the, the time it took to write posts like that? Yeah. Yeah, because you do, you, need, you do need to be conscientious of how much time it's taking you to create content. Because, uh, I mean, you need to measure everything in your business, right? So you need to see where your time is going and if, if it's delivering a good ROI or not. Most so uh, with that example I just gave you a couple minutes ago, that was easier because it was a listicle format, right? So was, there's 48 laws, there were 48 tips. Uh, that's an easy format to write in. And it's something that, that does get good engagement. People just like listicles. You know, if you look at Buzz, BuzzFeed, for example, people like those top 10 ways type posts. Yeah, they love so, the numbers. Um, yeah, so that, that particular post, I wrote most of it on my phone. I was just typing on my notepad while I was sitting on the, on the couch, and then I just finished it up in Google Docs. And uh, yeah, altogether, it probably took me about 90 minutes. It didn't take that long, and I was just kind of on a roll with that post. But others will take longer. Others might take a couple hours. So the, the general format, and you, you kind of touched on it earlier, uh, 
the general format that I try to use is that first you're going to talk about the uh, setting or situation. So I just wrote up a, uh, a post promoting an affiliate offer for building niche sites. So it's an online course to build niche sites. Uh, it's a great course. And the way I set that up is first you're talking about the situation, which is how do I make extra money online? Or how do I build a another income stream? Or maybe you're a freelancer who uh, doesn't want to depend on uh, your clients completely for your income. So what do you do? How do you, how do you make extra money online? Or maybe you're just brand new and you haven't made a single dollar. So how do you make the first hundred bucks? So right there, I was kind of painting the situation, the context, right? I've given you a few different examples of like of the situation that the reader might be in. Uh, so that's number one. And then number two is to talk about that pain and agitate it. And that's what, what Dan Kennedy tends to do, which is he follows that, uh, that pain agitation solution formula. Uh, so you describe the situation. And the second thing you want to do is to start to describe what that feels like for the, for your reader, uh, because it, it can't be all about, uh, logic or, um, or features. You need to talk about the emotional side of that. Like, you know, why does this suck? Why is this bad? How is this holding you back? Um, why haven't you uh, taken steps to fix it? How will things get worse if you don't fix it? Those types of things. So you start off with the situation, you move into the emotional part of it, of, and really, I mean, the negative aspects of that situation. Uh, you know, what if you can't start making money online? Then what? You know, you're stuck in your nine to five. Or what if you're a freelancer who is constantly in feast or famine mode, uh, where your business is up, it's down, it's back and forth, you know, that doesn't feel good, right? It's stressful. Um, it's uncertain. You feel stuck, like you're on a roller coaster, right? All, the, all these negative, negative uh, emotions come up. And then you introduce the, the solution or your offer. So in, in that post, uh, I introduce the niche site course and then I start getting into okay this is where you're gonna get uh, this is how it's gonna help you how it's gonna solve those problems we mentioned earlier uh, this is how much it's gonna cost uh, this is the the guarantee you know, because that's part of your offer as well so there is a there is a, a sequence that you can take to writing your post and it doesn't always have to be that way I mean some of my posts are just a sentence and we'll get tons of engagement because they're just very specific to uh, and relevant to the audience. And it's just kind of like written in a way that gets them to perk up. But if you're writing uh, anything from like a couple hundred words or, or much longer, that type of format where you highlight the, the situation and then how it makes them feel and then introduce your, uh, your solution or your offer, that's like a good simple format that should save some time. And that is uh, it's helpful to know this, you know, it's at, I'm just thinking of myself, let alone a lot of the people that listen in, like there's a lot of marketers and marketing is such a broad thing. You know, when I first got into marketing, I actually hated it because it was a college course and it was all about statistics. You know, it was like yeah. the crap marketing's boring, you know, yeah, they, I want to go like write ads and create billboards and like, you know, get creative with this whole thing. And I actually, uh, based on that first class, I, I was like, man, I'm marketing that sounds so boring it's like next to accounting you know it wasn't until later when uh 
I actually transferred colleges, went to a different college and my guidance counselor, I was, I was like, I want to study psychology. And they're like, well, why don't you study marketing? And I was like, marketing's for stats, you know, like I want psychology. I want like, why do people do things? And I want to influence them, you know, like uh, through video or text and, and get people to, to take action. And all of a sudden, uh, this whole other world opened up once I, I started doing the research myself and, and trying to find the answers. And copywriting was one of those things that actually came later. And it made the most amount of sense when I realized like, okay, the message is, is absolutely important, but the way that it's delivered is just as critical. If it's delivered and it's not clear, then the message gets, you know, confuzzled and uh, it doesn't matter whatsoever. And then, you know, Funnels has made a massive movement and that's the presenting of the copy, right? Inside of the funnel. So it's like all those things add up, but it's all in relation to human psychology and human behavior and the way that we think. So, um, You've really, you've really touched on a good point. For, for people that are listening in, what would be, uh, actually, you know what? Here's the better. Take me through this three-step process uh, that's on your site because um, it's good. And, and I was reading <laughs> it, and I want more people to know about it because it's, it kind of, uh, it's a little more expansive of what you talked about, but also uh, you've identified the three steps to actually being able to do this. And uh, I'd love for more people to, to, to hear what this is. Yeah, thanks. So one of the things that uh, I think will make marketing easier for people and, uh, and easier to wrap their heads around is you try to use formulas whenever possible and you try to follow a logical sequence. Uh, and that by doing so, that really helps you get focused. And I think that's one of the, the, the key benefits of uh, of using tools like ClickFunnels is that it helps you organize the flow of events and the customer journey, right? So you take somebody who uh, just enters your funnel, goes through it, gets education, information, um, you know, goes, goes through like the ADA funnel, uh, uh, attention, interest, desire, um, and action, but it does it in a logical sequence that makes it uh, just make sense. Or a, for a, a prospect or buyer. So, um, with that said, my three-step process is number one: your audience or your target. So, uh, we need to know before you do anything else. We need to know who you're talking to, right? Uh, and this is a huge problem. If you ever look at posts on Facebook and uh, business and marketing groups on Facebook, you see this all the time, where People just don't have a good grasp of who their target is. And it tends to be, a lot of these problems tend to repeat or issues where uh, the target is just too broad. And you have a product and you're just like, or a service where you're like, you know, I just really wanna, I wanna help everybody. Anybody can be my customer. You know, you hear this quite a bit. And it's just kind of like the, the FOMO, right? The fear of missing out, the fear of missing out on business. But every successful business has a niche and they have a target that they focused on. So that can be, uh, you know, that can be like your soccer moms or divorced men or Hispanic millennials, or it could be like, uh, like gym bros who are very into, into working out. Um, you know, we have all these types of personas or, or stereotypes of different types of groups of people, but the more specific you can be, the better. So like, for example, if you work in health and fitness, Everybody wants to be in better shape, right? But if I told you that 
our target is, um, let's say, 30 to 50-year-old professionals with household incomes over six figures who live in, uh, in big cities and are interested in uh, weight loss, then that gives you somebody very specific to talk to and your copy is going to be a lot better. Because now I've given you a pretty good image of who that person is. So that is the first part. That's your target audience. And that's where we start. Uh, and that's what I do with my clients. First thing we need to do is nail down your target. Because I, I can guarantee 90% of the time it's just too broad. You're trying to, do, to talk to too many people. So we need to get specific in who that is. Then the second part of it, the uh, second part of the process is, is packaging. Packaging or how you frame your offer. Now, your offer is made up of different components. So, but it's essentially what somebody's going to get in exchange for doing business with you. So that is the actual product or service. It is uh, the price. It's your guarantee. Uh, like, is there a 30-day money-back guarantee, a one-year guarantee? Uh, are there any bonuses? Is there anything extra you're throwing in? So it's everything you get in that exchange, in that transaction. And this is another part of the, uh, of the process and of marketing that a lot of people struggle with. Because once again, the offers tend to be too broad. Uh, I see this a lot with high ticket selling, where it's just kind of a broad offer and it doesn't get to the root of the problem. So, I mean, whether it's high ticket or not, you need to be very specific about the problem you're solving. Again, it's, it's uh, entrepreneurs and marketers tend to have this uh, feeling where they just want to do everything at once or, or try to help everybody or try to sell everything and it's, it's self-defeating. So when it comes to packaging, you want to make sure that you're solving a specific pain point. So if we go back to, let's say, um, I gave you a health and fitness example. So let's say we're talking about personal development. And we're selling a high-ticket coaching program for 3000 bucks. Well, okay. I mean, personal development is very broad, right? It can be a lot of different things. So how can we get more specific? And it might just be, um, it might be confidence. It might be uh, public speaking, like speaking in groups. Or it could be, uh, what else? Like being, being disciplined and productive, right? Because productivity is a huge topic. It's something everybody struggles with. So those are a couple different paths we can go down. But if I say, okay, I'm offering uh, eight weeks of one-on-one -on -one coaching where I help you get more productive so that you can uh, build a, a second business in your spare time that generates you an extra $500 a month, well, that's like incredibly specific, right? So we know, yeah. yeah, we, we you, you have a, you don't, you don't know how necessarily, like you don't know every single detail of what's going to happen over the next eight weeks, but you know what the outcome is, right? So that is a, a, an example of a, a more specific type offer that people can really latch onto because they, they can, they can, because you painted the picture because you can see, because the prospect can see, okay, I kind of see what this is going to look like in the end. Yeah. yeah. So that's the second part of it. And the third part of it, I've, I've labeled conversions, or we can just say copywriting, but or sales. But the third part of it is just how do we close your customers? So since I'm a copywriter, that's basically, I'm, I might give a little 
marketing, uh, consulting or coaching, but generally what I'm doing as a copywriter is writing copy. So it, you know, how are we going to take people from prospects to buyers or how do we take them from buyers and turn them into repeat buyers? Right? So it's that closing process. And I do that myself through copywriting because copy is really, I mean, that's kind of the, the fuel for every online business. You know, you don't need to have a, a lot of expensive tools or a fancy website. And that's one of the reasons I don't focus too much on my own website. I have it there so people can, can take a look, but I'm not using it myself for lead gen. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the third step of that process is, you know, what does your copy look like? So whether you need copy from, from scratch or maybe you already have copy, but it needs to get tightened up. Uh, we need to look at your message and what are you saying to people to take them from wherever they are in their customer journey to get them to buy from you. Cause that's ultimately the, uh, the, the goal, it's a necessary goal, right? In, in business is how do we, how do we get those sales? So uh, that's a that big, is, big part of the focus as well. Good stuff. So number one, audience. Number two, packaging. And step number three, what's the actual copy look like? That is a, that's a good three-tier system right there of yeah. uh, walking someone through uh, basically how to increase conversion. Like That's my entire focus, right, is if you're doing marketing, you should be marketing with a purpose. And the purpose uh, should be to uh, spread spread information or or a solution that can solve a problem, right? And so I'm yeah. always like, well, what does that conversion look like? And conversion is such an interesting thing. Um, it's, it's, I've been so immersed in it. It's looking at, it's not just like conversion rates or saying, okay, well, someone clicked on it. Like, what does that click mean? It's a conversation, right? I can't necessarily have a full out conversation every single time, but if someone clicks on the on an ad, it's like they're saying yes, you know? But what's it also doing to them uh, internally? Is it solving a problem? Are they agreeing to the next step of the process, saying, I want to learn more about this. I want to take you up on this offer. I want to um, apply what you're learning, right? That's that's what this engagement is. It's so much more important than just uh, a like, you know? It's, a, it's someone saying, I agree with what's being said and I'm contributing back to this. It's not a big con contribution, but Man, there are some people out there that hold on to their likes or their comments like it's uh, like it is money. It's it's a valuable piece to them, you know. So yeah, they're. Oh, go on. I kind of I, I kind of think of them as directional data, right? So it gives you a sense of like the sentiment people have for you and your brand, but it's not paying the bills either. So it, it it's a metric you can look at, but more than anything, you just you need to look at sales. Right, because that's that's the real, um, that's the key metric mm -hmm. you need to focus on. And you made a good point too, because you just mentioned Facebook ads. That's another part of the conversion process, because the copy doesn't exist in a vacuum. You need to figure out where to put it. So, does that mean uh, are you going to use Facebook ads? Are you going to use a landing page? Are you going to use a sales letter? Are you going to focus all your energy on email marketing? You know, there's there's different ways to do it, and that's something that is it's important. That you need to consider because certain types of uh, tools or mediums are going to be better for your uh, in certain contexts. So that's another big part of the process too. Man, that is uh, such good information. I'm just been like jotting this all down, uh, <laughs> and I hope hope if you guys are listening in, I hope you're jotting it down too and, and applying what Dennis is talking about. Um, and Dennis, now I want to I want to ask a little bit more about you. Um, sure. So you you've come from marketing. Uh, you've had some experience. Uh, as a marketing consultant, 
Um, but I also want to take the reality of business and, and, and entrepreneurship and uh, let's talk about the reality of what that looks like. Let's take the, the, the bad with the good. And I'd love to hear what you would consider to be your hardest or worst entrepreneurial moment to date. Well, the, I think the worst mo- moment for anyone is when the cash isn't coming in, right? Yeah. When, you have an, when you have an empty calendar and there's not a lot on there and you're thinking of when you're going to find your next client because I've, I've had that happen just like anybody else. But you use a good term, um, which is entrepreneur, and I think uh, every freelancer needs to think of them that way and to think of themselves either – and I, I – I know we can get into semantics, but you want to think of yourself as a business owner, right? Because a lot of freelancers are just kind of like guns for hire that work, that they just don't have a consistent lead flow. Uh, they don't have a really a business they're building. It's just trading time for money. And uh, it's, it's just kind of uh, in uh, a bit of an unpredictable and inconsistent business model. So I think it's important that you have that business owner's mindset, which uh, is not just focused on on finding client work, but also how you grow that business. You know, how do you increase your income? How do you increase your efficiency? How can you eventually layer systems onto what you're doing so that eventually you can uh, either focus on other things or scale back your time or be able to have income coming in uh, instead of being on that trading time for money roller coaster all the time. So that's a, it's a, it's a mindset shift that I, I know a lot of uh, freelancers haven't latched onto, but that's the way you got to think about it. Man, that is good. And, and for yourself, like, was there ever a time that, it wasn't coming through, and, and if so, uh, what what happened that got you going in the, in the right direction? Yeah, I, I've definitely gone through those peaks and valleys myself, and the best advice I, I've gotten was from uh, a coach I had a couple years ago when I just started freelancing, and her advice was that if you're not getting enough business, you're not having enough conversations. That's really what it comes down to. Uh, if you're not getting business, you're just not talking to enough people. And that's part of the reason that I kind of adjusted my lead gen strategy to focus more on Facebook and creating um, high impact content on Facebook was that by doing so, I would get known and make a name for myself and start building relationships and building my audience. And and that's it. I mean, people are going to look at a million different ways to grow their business. And usually they're focused either on low value uh, activities or they're just trying to do too much or they just don't know where to focus and their focus is kind of scattered. But I look at just a few metrics every day to see if uh, I had a productive day. And what I'm looking at is, did I post on my personal profile? Did I post in any groups? In which ones? And am I having conversations? Am I talking to people uh, either through Messenger Am I having calls with potential clients? And that's it. So I'm really just looking at four metrics every single day. Uh, and that helps you focus and helps you really stay streamlined in your business because everybody wants to tinker with their website and, and do other things that probably aren't going to move the needle very much. So it's just focusing on two, 
three, four different things that are going to move the needle in your business and do them consistently. Doing them every single day, um, you know, ideally, because obviously life gets in the way sometimes or things happen, but just by just focusing on a few things, that's going to make the biggest difference. You know, it's, it's the 80-20. So it's finding those, those few things that are going to make the biggest difference. We'll be right back with this interview with Dennis DeMori in just a minute. Hey guys, hope you're enjoying the show so far. If you've been a listener since the beginning, uh, you know that what I've been trying to do is to share as much intellect and knowledge as possible, but I'm not always experienced in every area. So one of the things that I've been trying to transform this podcast into is where I can interview people who are those experts, who have the experience knowledgeable, and can be able to pass it along to you. Sometimes it's also important to meet up with these people for your own business and have them coach you along because you don't have the time nor the skill set yourself to accomplish of where your business should go. If you know someone or you yourself are someone like this that wants to be on the show and has a message that can be beneficial for the listeners, I'd love to have you on. Go over to conversionmarketingradio.com forward slash interview. Fill out a few of the details and let's find a time to get you on the show and spreading your experience and your knowledge with the rest of the listeners here. Look forward to it, guys. And now back to the interview with Dennis DeMori. What comes to mind, and it's funny because the, the aha moment doesn't happen on day one. It happens further down the road after you're doing something for a while, and then you have the aha. But it's because you've been putting things out into the world, right? So in this case, we're talking about, or at least in my situation, it's creating content that uh, potential clients will find valuable, right? So shifted the based on advice mentors uh, last year in July, and that's when I started posting content uh, fairly consistently on Facebook, and what I noticed, and it didn't happen in the very beginning, it happened a little bit, but it's just, it's like a, it has a cumulative effect, right? So it's kind of like a, a snowball that turns into an avalanche, and you'll get some nice comments from people, at least I did, which is nice, uh, but eventually it, be it became more and more. So I was getting more comments, and then I also just getting me private messages from people saying, hey, I, I really love what you wrote. And that was the aha, because Tim Ferriss has a good, uh, he's got a good question he asks himself, which is, uh, what, like, what do other people tell you you're, you're good at? And another one, like, what do you find easy that other people find hard? For me, that's writing. And once I had the, the compliments started to, to come in and be more consistent, that was an aha for me because it said, okay, I'm on the right track. Uh, and it's important, I touched on this earlier in our, in, our, in our talk today, I mentioned getting into web design at first, but it didn't really go anywhere and it didn't last too long. And it's just, I'm not the technical type, so it was not a good fit for my skill sets. And I've had quite a few people ask me like, how do I start an online business? What do I do? I don't know what I'm good at, that, that type of thing. And I always give them the same advice, and this comes from, uh, from Jim Collins, I think, is you need to think about, like, what are you good at? So skills. What are you skilled at? Is it writing? Is it creating videos? Is it building audience? Is it paid traffic? 
Is it uh, cooking? You know, anything, whatever your skills are, right? So number one, what are you good at? Uh, then number two, what do you enjoy doing? So like, what can you, you know, where do you get into flow state? Where, where do you kind of lose yourself? You know, where a couple hours pass and it's, you kind of just go into a trance, right? Because you enjoy what you're doing. Like for me, I never had that enjoyment with writing code or designing sites, uh, but I do get it with writing. So it's easier for me to get into that, into that flow state. Um, and then number three is where's the market opportunity, right? Because you need to, to have a successful business, you need to sell something people want. Uh, and this is a big problem, and I've, seen, I've mentioned this before, uh, it's a problem I've seen a lot with startups where they'll build something and nobody wants it. You know, it was something that the founders wanted or thought was cool, but at the end of the day, there really wasn't a market for it. So uh, you need to think about, you need to think about your market. Like, are there people, or as, uh, as uh, Gary Halbert used to say, you know, who's your hungry market? Uh, so anyway, with those three things, what are you good at? What do you enjoy doing? And uh, is there that, that, that market for your business? That, those kind of came together in that aha, because as I was getting feedback from people on the content I was creating, it was like, okay, yeah, this is what I should be, be doing. Uh, but it takes time. So I think that's my other point there is that sometimes that aha, or probably always, that aha takes time to surface. Because in the beginning, you just, you're trying different things, right? And you're experimenting. And one of the best things about working online and social media is that you get pretty instant feedback. So if you are on the right track, then people will tell you. And if you're not, people will probably tell you that too. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you want to, uh, like, like Zuckerberg says, launch fast and break things. You know, you want to get things out there. Uh, people tend to, to be perfectionists, and I do the same thing. Um, but you want to get things out there as fast as possible because the faster you get it out there, the faster you get feedback. And the faster you get feedback, the faster you can course correct and make adjustments and improve. So once you get those ahas, though, uh, or we said aha moment, uh, you know, then you can, you just got to keep going, right? You, one of the important things is momentum. So once you get that, you keep going because it shows that you're on the right track and you don't want to lose that momentum. So uh, that's how I how I think of that as far as ahas go. And that is a uh, that is excellent advice. Excellent advice. Uh, holy cow! I mean, like teaching a course here essentially. Um, <laughs> I, I am teaching one next week. <laughs> Are you? Well, let's. Uh, I want to. I want to hear more about that in a, just a second. Um, so, going from that, I want to go into kind of like a rapid fire questions. Uh, uh, kind of the first thing that comes to your mind. We've got the good, the bad, the aha, and the opinionated. So, um, first question: What's the best advice you've ever received? Oh, that's a. That's a hard one. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll give you two things. One is just, especially with entrepreneurship and freelancing, everything comes down to personal responsibility and accountability. So it, it's, it's a difficult thing, especially when you've gone from the nine to five office environment where you're working probably with a team, uh, where you can kind of point fingers if things don't get, get done. It's totally different when you're freelancing because there's no one else to blame. You can try, uh, and people do. 
But at the end of the day, it's all about personal responsibility and accountability. It comes down to you. So that's why things like those key metrics, those key performance indicators I mentioned before are important because the numbers don't lie. You know, how many people did you talk today? How, many, how much content did you produce today? Um, I have all that stuff in a spreadsheet. So, I mean, there's no other way around it. I see it every day. So I see if the numbers or not. Uh, and the second one is what I mentioned before is that if you're not succeeding in your business, it's just you're, you're just not having enough conversations. Mm. You know, conversations turn into prospects, prospects turn into clients. Uh, so yeah, that is huge. <laughs> uh, people yeah. are essential, you know? It's like if you think you could do this alone, you can't because someone's got to pay you, <laughs> which means it's you can't. it requires two people in some yeah. of this transaction. Yeah, and, and that was a big shift for me. It's, it's a people business. Yeah, even if you don't think you're in the people business, someone's got to hand over money, so the communication's got to be clear enough for them to say, yeah, here's my hard-earned dollars, uh, however you look at it. Um, next question, Dennis, what is your personal habit, uh, a personal habit that contributes to your success? Is it writing, or is there another one? One thing that I've been inconsistent with that I've gotten much better on over the past several months is just reviewing my goals every morning. Mm. So some people do that as part of their morning routine, uh, and and that's what I do. But it's just it's reviewing like, and I don't just mean goals. I don't just mean to do list because I do do that. But also I've got a long document I've written up that uh, details how I want my year to go. And then there's even a section where I, I just have a, a few bullet points that describes what life will be like 25 years down the road. And it's a good exercise. It's a good exercise also to be as detailed as possible because then you kind of make it real in your mind. Yeah. And if you read the book, uh, Cyber, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics, it talks about that, where you want to write down your, your, uh, your goals as if you've already accomplished them. Hmm. So that's just a, it's just a, a powerful mindset trick that you can use. But to me, that's an important thing that everyone should do. Uh, maybe you don't do it every day. Maybe you do it a couple times a week or once a week. But the important thing is, uh, especially because if if you look at a lot of the um, a lot of the comments in Facebook groups, is that and in the business and marketing groups. It's that people struggle with focus. And the reason they struggle with focus is because they don't know what their priorities are. They don't know what they're working towards. So the more specific you can be about what you want things to look like 12 months, 12 months from now, five years from now, 20 years from now, the better you're going to be able to dial in what you need to do today. Yeah. Right? Because they all connect. Otherwise, because a lot of times you do things that's just like, you know, what did I do today? Like nothing got done today. Like I wasn't productive today. Well, why not? You know, it, when that happens, it's because you're just not uh, in alignment. So if you can get really crystal clear on what you're working towards, say five years from now, where you want to have a house on the beach and it looks like this, it's in this neighborhood, in this city, and this is what I do first thing in the morning. This is the time I get up. Uh, this is what I do in the morning. This is what I do at lunchtime. You know, all those things things, the, the more specific you can be, the faster you can get towards living that day. Oh my gosh, that is, uh, that is 
preaching, preaching right there. That is like the gospel, I swear. Um, I, I recently interviewed a guy named uh, Connor Gillivan. It'll be coming out uh, here shortly. But uh, I mean, for the people listening in, it's probably already come out. He finds a success in the fact that he plans his day down to every half an hour. And this is a guy that sold $25 million on Amazon uh, in his early, early 20s. I mean, like, I think at 20. <laughs> so, and, uh, and then it started this whole other company. And I was asking him, like, how, did, how does he find the success? And, and where is he spending his time? And he's like, every day I write down, like, three major goals. And then I spend it, like, every, every my day is planned down to the half an hour of how I'm achieving those three goals. And it was like, that is amazing to have the discipline and the dedication to, to do that, you know? Um, yeah, I, I used to do that, and I haven't uh, got uh, – I'm just looking something up to tell your listeners uh, that I think they might like that I used to use. Yeah, so um, I used to do that. Uh, lately, I haven't. I use kind of wider buckets of like two hours, so it could be like a two-hour writing block or it could be like a one hour uh, prospecting block or one hour to write a Facebook post. You know, so I, I tend to use larger chunks, but I did used to break things down to like 30 minutes. And there's a guy who's big into uh, productivity. He's got a cool website with a lot of different things you can find on there. His name's David Seya. Uh, his last name is spelled S-E-A-H. And David Seya's got all these different productivity tools. And, and one of them is called the Emergent Task Planner. I'm looking at it right now, where you can write down like your top three tasks for that day, and then you can even break it down into like 30-minute increments. So it's uh, it's analog, right? You can print them out. Oh, that's awesome. Some are free, some, some you can buy. But if, um, if you want to get that detailed, he's got a lot of these different types of uh, productivity tools that some people might like. I, I used to use them quite a bit and I haven't because I've just been using Trello uh, and Toggle to, to track my time. But that's another good option. Man, that is uh, that's good to know. That answers the next question. Any go-to tools that you just can live without? Oh, uh, yeah. Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. Trello is great for organizing tasks and my, my to-do list. I use that every single day. I also use Toggle, T-O- GGL, and that's good for tracking your time. Okay. And then the other one that I use a lot is Evernote. So I, oh, I, I dump everything in there. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people use it. I use Evernote. And uh, uh, one other one I use is Uber Conference. What so is I that? like that. It's, uh, it's like Zoom. It's just for conference calls with clients. It's very okay. easy to use. Yeah, and I like using that. But that's pretty much it. I, I try not to, I, I mean, I, I like to experiment with different tools, but that in and of, in and of itself can kill a lot of time. <laughs> so That is like, a, yeah. it's my demise. I'm always like, yeah. like on product hunts and looking like, oh, cool, that looks like it can solve it. Um, and I'm, I'll learn one day, but it's like, man, you, it, the tool works when you use it. <laughs> so just find a tool that you like and... Um, but it's like I've never I've never been satisfied with like a single tool. It always feels like I'm constantly going after another one, um, which I know is like it's it's ironic <laughs> uh, about the things that I talk about. Yet myself, it, isn't that the truth, right? 
we preach, but not always uh, practicing, but sometimes the preaching is helping us to practice. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love playing around with the different tools too, but I've, I've calmed down <laughs> on that end so that I've got a few that I really, uh, really enjoy. And I just try to keep the business as simple as possible uh, because the more complexity you add into your business, it's, it's just going to have a, a negative effect at some point. So it's For just, sure. I, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, what book would you recommend that's changed the way that you run your life or business? Uh, I need to think about this for a second. <laughs> I, I, I read a lot of books. Uh, I'll give you, I, I, I just mentioned it. Uh, I'll give you one that I think is good as far as uh, as mindset goes, which is such a popular popular topic lately, right? Is uh, psycho cybernetics. Psycho cybernetics. Uh, yeah. So that's a famous book, and what's good about it is that. Well, actually, I'll give you another book as well, but that's a good one for mindset because, uh, especially the the exercise of kind of writing out uh, how you want your life to be as as if, as if it's already happened. I think that's a good exercise. And then the second book that's really good is Millionaire, Millionaire Fastlane by M.J. DeMarco. Man, you've named two and, books I haven't read yet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I read a yeah, book that, a week. That, it's, uh, just add well, to my list here, Dennis. Yeah, there's so many, though, right? <laughs> there's so many good books out there. Yeah, but uh, Millionaire Fastlane has got a cheesy name, but it's an excellent book because it gives you a framework of uh, evaluating what kind of businesses are going to get you to those financial goals as fast as possible. Uh, and that's really important because a lot of people just get into the wrong business. Man, you know, man. you, you, you like restaurants, you start a restaurant business, but you don't realize that you need to be up at 5 a.m. every day to meet with suppliers and, uh, you've got to work weekends and you're basically tied to the, to your business. You know, that's, that's one example, um, of a very competitive business people get into that doesn't necessarily deliver the lifestyle that they want. So, uh, his book is really good at breaking down how to evaluate good business opportunities so that you can uh, you can you can leverage your time as best as possible because mm. I, I think that's what we're all a lot of us are working towards as business owners is that we don't want to con be constantly working right at a certain point it's like okay why am I working so much what is this for so it, it needs to be tied to uh, you need to think about how you can leverage your business and how you can leverage your time better because uh, most of us just aren't living to work. We're working for some kind of outcome to, uh, to be able to enjoy life more. So that's an, another really good book. Man, that's a, I'll have to put those on the list. I, I started a Facebook group all about like a book club on like, oh, okay. on a, I was gonna say crack, but that's probably not a good term. Probably like steroids. It's, <laughs> it's uh, all about business mindset. It's called Marketing Between the Lines. And uh, every month we're gonna be reading books, but reading books together and then like a mastermind and, and coaching people. And uh, I'm so excited. I haven't launched it yet because I've just been uh, trying to wrap up other things before I, I open up the, the floodgates to something else. So, um, but with that, Dennis, what is something that you are most excited about now? We're looking forward well, to. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I mentioned that course that I was promoting as an affiliate this past week uh, that teaches you how to build niche sites or niche sites. 
And I'm excited about that because it, it it's a it's a great skill set to build, and at the same time, it just gives me another project to work on. And I think that's a good thing for freelancers. And we uh, I know because I've done it myself, uh, where you are completely focused on client business, but you're not necessarily building something of your own. So. I'm excited for that because I, I think it's going to be a great learning experience and um, I'll document it, talk about it, talk about lessons and all that stuff. And it's just, it, well, on top of that, it, it just builds an extra income stream. So that's what I'm excited about. I, I have put off this uh, this part of my business where I work on side projects, but uh, that's going to be something new for me in, in Q2 for this year. So I'm pretty excited about that. That is exciting stuff. Um, and you know what? I look forward to you getting that out there and looking at more of the stuff that you've got going on. And for the people that are listening in and, and wrapping up, uh, what's the best way to connect with you and, and hear more from you on what you're doing? And uh, maybe people want to have you come look at their business and uh, receive some of the coaching and advice from your experience. Sure. Well, number one, the best place to find me is on Facebook. That's where I'm the most active. You can friend me there, send me a message, say hello. Um, I'm always connecting with new people, people every week, so that'd be great. Just look me up, Dennis Demori, and, and you'll find me and find my posts. So that's where you can find me. As far as working together goes, there's a few different ways. Uh, I offer copy critiques. So if you'd like, I can just take a look at your copy and provide feedback. I can also rewrite your copy or write your copy from scratch if you don't have any. Um, and for the most part, I've worked in the health and fitness niche uh, with uh, gym owners, trainers, and, and supplement companies. But my, my client roster has been pretty mixed. I've worked with uh, personal development coaches, financial publishers, e-commerce stores. It's, it's been pretty uh, diverse. So uh, if you're not sure for a good fit, you know, just get in touch and we can go from there. Man, that is a great offer, guys. <laughs> I got a professional copywriter saying he'll look at your copy. Take him up. If you're not, don't come crying when you don't have money because that's the problem here. <laughs> take advice and take, and take uh, the connection. Steven Larson, he's one of my good <clears throat> friends uh, you know, from Sales Funnel Radio. He was Russell Brunson's uh, Sales Funnel Builder. And uh, I've been friends with him for a long time. We, were, we met in college when we were beyond broke it was like broke was a, a thing we were tr we were striving for right to be <laughs> at a term we could call broke because that's how far down it was and um the biggest thing he told me after really like just launched and taken off the thing that really stands out is he's saying find someone who who's good and is the expert at what at what they do and instead of trying to necessarily uh, struggle yourself, go find that person and pay them money to help you solve that problem. And that is exactly like just watching what he's done. That's how he's just blowing up. I mean, he's he's taking the, the world by storm. And um, so Dennis is this expert. You've got to take him up and and hear from the expert himself on what should be happening in your business. Um, and then Dennis, what are your final words of advice that you want to leave with those listening today? <coughs> Yeah, to your point, a lot of people and business owners are resistant to feedback, right? <laughs> you don't want anyone looking at something you did and telling you that it's wrong or that it's not good. 
uh, or doesn't work. But you need to get over that because, I mean, nothing is going to be more beneficial to you and your business than getting a second set of eyes from someone with experience who can tell you where you're messing up and what direction to go in. Because it, it's not just the money that you're losing by not having uh, better marketing in place. You're also looking. You're also losing time, and that's the that's the biggest thing you're losing out on. It's having another year go by or longer, and your business is just kind of flatlining when it comes to sales. You know, it's just the same thing every month, and it's not growing. So you don't, and maybe you are. <laughs> so don't get upset, but you don't want to be the business owner who is still in the same place one year from now, two years from now, five years from now, where your business has not grown at all, or maybe it's even slipped a little bit. So the, the important thing there is you just do not want to lose time. When I look at the most successful people that I know, they're always really conscious of how they use their time, and they hate wasting it. So what do they do is they invest heavily whether it's in their education or whether it's in people like copywriters or uh, paid traffic experts or uh, designers whoever it is but they find out who those professionals are who can help them and they pay them because that is a worthwhile investment in their business so that, that's my, my closing thought there is that if your business is not where it's going, where you'd like it to be, ask yourself, why not? You know, what is that bottleneck in your business that's preventing you from um, moving forward? And once you identify that, you know, seek out that person or that team who can help you. Uh, because we talked about it earlier on this, uh, on this call, you can't do it all alone. Well, business is, it's really a people business, right? It's who you know and who, who is in your network, who can help you. Uh, and I've, I've seen this myself in my own business. Uh, you know, you, you become much more successful once you have a, a good team of people around you who can give you honest feedback and uh, show you how to get to that next level. Man, that is, a, that is amazing final words of advice there. Dennis, thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, spending the time sharing uh, your expertise, a little bit of uh, your personal life and, and how you've grown into this position as well as uh, leaving a lot of good information for those listening today. Uh, thanks again, man. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Like today's episode, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. If you want to have a question answered on the show, head over to conversionmarketingradio.com. You'll see the area there and I look forward to hearing from you.